Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. I'm so glad that um, everybody is getting ready to tune in tonight. Uh, let's see. Now, last week um, I was just talking with my uh, best good sister, uh, Ramonda, and I wrote me a sticky note, and I hope y'all remember. Um, we ended at Genesis chapter 32, verse 30. I always usually start there. We kind of... Um, you know, do a little recap of what's going on um, from um, uh, last week, and then we're going to go right into Chapter 33. We're going to finish 33, 34, and we're going to probably get to Genesis um, Chapter 35 tonight because we're trying to get this story wrapped up of Jacob um, because um, he is a, a real example of the Christian walk. You know, um, what I mean by that is, you know, we, we get started, we're doing really good, we're all excited, we're on fire for God, and then a, a life happens, a curveball comes, we get sidetracked, we, we slow down on God's work, um, we get, um, we, we, we are, 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 we didn't, you know, we didn't have our, our fever, our luster, our, our uh, fireworks, so to speak, for God like we used to have, then it takes somebody, or should I say our fire kind of fizzles a little bit, then it takes somebody to light that fire back up under us again to get all excited. Well, what we're trying to do with the Bible study is once you know God's word, you will walk in church already hyped up, expecting to hear from the Lord. Um, I always tell my friends, you know, I don't have to have, yes, praise and worship is nice. I'm never going to take away from that. But I'm already hyped up when I walk into the house of the Lord. I don't need the, the choir to poke and pride me. I have the word down in me, and that, that's a lot. Like, I love the singing. Don't get me wrong. I love praise and worship. But I'm already ready to run around and scream and holler without all that. I'm just going to say that. That's just me, though. Some other people, you know, might need to get in that mode, but before I even get to church on Sunday or on Thursday, I'm already prayed up, uh, read up, and excited about what I'm about to get when I get there. All right? So um, let's get our Bibles out. We're going to have a word of prayer. Um, you know, uh, keep, you know, uh, the... Um, Ramonda Moore Brown and her family lifted up in prayer. Me and my family lifted up in prayer. Uh, my granddaughter, she's 17. Uh, yes, I am that old. Uh, she's 17. She's about to be graduating in May, and they hit her with the pre-calculus and uh, all this old uh, or something, calculus, child, something I ain't took. I'm just going to be real about it. Um, praying. I'm like, Lord, let this baby pick this up because, you know, that's the end game for anybody that's, you know, in school is to graduate high school, walk across that stage in May. So we are believing God that everything is going to work out. I told her tonight when she came in, she was so excited about her, her math work and everything. And she was like, Brandy, your girl's getting it. I was like, yes, because I would hate to have to go up to that school. And then I had to laugh because I said that, you know, but um, I didn't mean it, you guys. But you know how we say things sometimes we don't mean them, but, like, we put it out there in the atmosphere. So we sometimes we got to watch what we say, and me included, because I say things sometimes that are just not pleasing um, to the Lord, and that's what, you know, we're going to talk about that tonight. That's where I'm going with this conversation. Jacob is 
is he's got a new name change. He wrestled with the Lord. He got a new name change. But as we are about to see, Jacob is still living up to his name, lying, scheming. And you know what we say, faith is living without scheming. Faith is living without scheming. That means faith is faith. Like we ain't got a scheme. We ain't got to do nothing underhanded backdoor to get what we want. Okay, so faith is living without scheming. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so grateful to be here tonight, God. We are thankful for the opportunity to be able to study your word, God, in an open, um, healthy environment, God. We're not under duress. Um, we're not scared, you know, we're not being hunted down and killed for, be, you know, studying your word, God. We're just so grateful. Um, Father, as we come to you tonight to study, please give us wisdom, clarity, uh, knowledge, and understanding so that we can learn your will, so that we can learn to live your way. And even though we may stumble or fall, God, we're not going to stay down because we know we have victory in Jesus. And we ask this in uh, Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ended last week with Genesis chapter 32. I, t- I was telling Sister Ramonda earlier, I had sticky notes all in my Bible. So last night, I was a bad girl. I stayed up a little bit way too late past my bedtime. And I was, as I was reading and checking off things, listen, when you study the Bible, have your sticky notes, have a pen, have a marker. So last night I was going through, I was highlighting stuff that was jumping out at me. I was checking off things. I was moving my um, sticky notes. So I had got my sticky notes out of order. So tonight I was trying to, like, go back through and find my spot, and I was like, you know what, eh, we're not going to worry about it. My sticky notes are just here. So what I did was I put them up on the wall in front of me, and hopefully that will jar my memory. So the first one I was Genesis chapter 32, verse 30, okay? So apparently I drew, uh, um, uh, there's a red marker on here, so that must mean where we went, ended off last week. So what had happened was, you know, the Lord told Jacob to go um, back to Bethel, um, but on his way to Bethel, you know, Jacob, you know, he was just being Jacob. He was fearful, even though the Lord had sent his army uh, of angels to help Jacob. Jacob, you know, is a lot of us. We know we have the Lord. We profess Christ. But then when, when lifetimes we have to face some of the things that have happened to us or even some things or people that we have done wrong, we get a little nervous. We do get a little scared. And, and you know, not saying that we forget about God, but we try to lean on our own understanding. And we know that Proverbs tells us, you know, not to do that. So, well, Jacob decided he wanted to take things into his uh, matters into his own hands, okay? And this is going to cause a problem later on in Scripture, all right? So let's go to the Scripture. I'm going to explain what I'm talking about. Um, Genesis chapter um, 32, verse 30, and Jacob called the name of the place uh, Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. So Peniel means the face of God. That's what it means, the face of God. So because he was wrestling um, all night, um, you know, now he's walking with a, with a limp. Um, it doesn't say. And, you know, I did, I, I kept looking and looking and looking. It does not say how long Jacob walked with the limp. It does not say if he walked with the limp for the rest of his life. It doesn't say anything about that. It just said that he was limping, okay? 
So now verse 31, and as he passed over the Peniel, uh, over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his side. So you can tell that he's got this ouch, okay? I, 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 I wrestled with God, and look here, I live to tell about it. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the shinu, which shank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day. So basically, all that means is um, it's not a forbidden practice, so don't get that in. But Jews have traditionally avoided eating the sciatic nerve or the sinew of the hind quarter of animals. It's not in the law. It's not saying that. They're not supposed to eat it, but because this happened to Jacob, okay, um, that's why they don't do it, okay? So it, it's that, okay? So unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew, which is, remember I just said, it's the uh, sciatic nerve portion or the hind quarter, okay, of the, of the thigh, all right, in the shank. Ver, uh, chapter 33. And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him 400 men. Now, I don't know about y'all, my own self. I, I try to put myself in some of these stories. If I knew I had wronged my brother 20 years beforehand, and now I have to, you know, I, I, the birthright now is mine. Um, you know, I, I've done some things that, I'm not proud of that I did, that I had to do. And now here comes my brother with 400 men. Um, what does Jacob do? Now, remember, if you go back to um, chapter 32 on verse 1, Jacob went on his way. The angels of God met him. So now he might have Esau and 400 men in front of him, but he has the Lord and his angels behind him. So, I don't know, you know, there there is a scripture talking about, you know, if God is for us, you know, then who in the world can be against us? Like who can be against us? You got the the uh, Esau and his four hundred men in the front, but you got God and the angels behind. I'm think I'm I'm taking God and the angels behind me for two hundred, Chuck. I'm just gonna say that. All right. So the um the Lord sent his angels to comfort him, but instead of being comforted, he was fearful. Okay, remember, he called Esau my Lord. He sent a cattle offering because he's trying to suck up right now. He's like, listen, I don't want you to kill me. Um, so here, this is what I'm going to do. So now look what he did next. It says here, he looked, behold, Esau came and with him 400 men. And he divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto the two handmaids. Now, verse number two pretty much tells you the mind of Jacob when it comes to his children and his women, okay? And he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. So basically this is what he did. You got Esau and 400 people coming toward you, okay? So you put your handmaid, which is the wife, which is a, a, a Bilal, and the other one, um, Rachel and Leah's handmaidens and their children, okay? You put them first. So that way, if Esau is coming to kill up you and your family, he put the, the two handmaidens and their children that are his children first. He put Leah and her six children. Because remember, Leah has six children by Jacob. 
So he put the handmaidens and their um, children first. I think they had four altogether. So there's four. And then there's six, all by one wife. That's Leah. Then in the, in the, the very back, he put Rachel and her son by him, Joseph. Okay, we all know who Joseph is. We're coming up on that story soon. I think it's chapter 37. But as you can see, Jacob is playing favorites with his children and his women, so to speak. Okay, true enough, um, the two handmaidens, they're, they're technically not wives. They're handmaidens because they belong to Leah. One belongs to Leah. One belongs to Rachel. Then uh, you have Leah who technically is the first wife. Um, and then you have Rachel, who he loves more than anybody. Two handmaidens, those two kids up there first, Leah and her six children in front of, you know, in front of Rachel and her one son. So when I was going over it again last night, I was thinking to myself, he would rather lose 10, 10 children, two handmaids, and Leah than to lose Rachel and one son, Joseph. Because remember, he has uh, 11 children right now. So he has 11 children. Yeah, 11 children right now. Benjamin's not going to come until later. But if you look at this, kind of shows how Jacob feels towards Rachel more than he does anybody else. So, of course, by the time you get to, you know, uh, uh, Joseph when his brothers sold him, you know, and this and that and threw him in the, you know, the well, the ground, blah, 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 you can kind of see what if this is starting all the way in, in chapter 33, Jacob showing favoritism to um, um, Rachel and uh, Joseph, okay? So he put them in the back. And he passed over before them, verse 3, and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. So it's kind of like he's bowing, walking, bowing, walking, bowing, walking, bowing, walking, okay? So that's what he's doing, all right? Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck, kissed him, and they wept. So basically, he pretty much, you know, made up, okay? So they're, they're, they're making up, okay? He lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children and said, who are those with you? And he said, the children with God have graciously given thy servant. Then the handmaidens came near, and they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Leah also with her children came near and bowed themselves. And after came Joseph near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. So you notice. You see how the, the pecking order is. You see who was last, okay? So them the ones he was protecting the most, okay? All right. So you, like I said, the Bible kind of sets things up for you. There's always something coming, um, but it kind of gives you a baseline of what's to come. So when you see how the brothers are reacting towards Joseph, like it started here or probably even before that, all right? And he said, verse 8. What meanest thou by all this drove which I met? And he said, these are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. So, again, he is still calling Esau my Lord. You only have one Lord, the Lord, you know, El Shaddai. Remember, we, we talked about the El 
in Israel is God, okay? There's only one God. So he's calling in my Lord, and, you know, he offered him a, a cattle offering to try to suck up to him and buy his, you know, life and, you know, the life of this family. But his brother's trying to tell him, you know, hey, I don't need that, okay? He said, listen, verse 10 or verse 9, Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep that thou hast to yourself. And Jacob said, no, I pray thee, now that I have found grace in thy sight, then receive my present at my hand, and therefore I have seen the face as though I had seen the face of God, and thou was pleased with me. Take, I pray thee, my blessing that is brought to thee, because God had dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, and he took it. Now, see, all that wasn't necessary, but he went on ahead. Um, he did it. Remember, you guys, it's going to come all through here. Faith is um, uh, living without feeling, okay? So, again, the sinew or the shank, all right, is like the sciatic nerve or the sinew, S-I-N-E-W, which is the hindquarter of an animal, Okay? Then we see how he put the handmaids, their children first, Leah, her children second. She had six children. That had been all six in one walk, okay? She had half, basically, of the 12 tribes of Israel. Leah had half of those, okay? Then Rachel and Jacob, all right? So remember that. He would rather have one wife and one child than the other 10 children. Okay, as you can see, this is going to come back later. All right, so now at this point in time, you would be thinking um, that Jacob would be singing, you know, uh, you know, I will trust in the Lord until I die. Um, but what does he do? He goes right back to the flesh. He started scheming. Here, here, take this offering, my Lord. He's you know, falling all over himself, trying to, um, you know, let him see, listen, listen, I, you know. Now, here's what um, I was reading the other night, one of my commentaries, and it was talking about here was a good time for Jacob to start witnessing about the Lord to Esau. But instead, he was back to his normal Jacob self. He wasn't acting like Israel, the name God gave him, okay, which was a brand-new name, should have came along with it, new attributes. But, no, he was still being um, um, Jacob right now because he's fearful, all right? He said, um, verse 13 or verse 12, he said, let us take our journey and let us go, and I will go before you. Now, this is Esau talking to Jacob, he's like, all right, you're out here, you know, uh, uh, I know you're coming back home. Let's take our journey together. We have enough people that we can protect one another. You know, remember, they're out there in the middle of um, the wilderness, and, you know, Esau's got, you know, 400 men. You know, Jacob's probably got a whole, whole lot of people, too, because he has cattle. He has servants. He has, you know, all the children. So, and then they're um, nurses and servants. So, I mean, there's a lot of people they're both traveling with. Instead of Jacob going back with 
Esau to go back to, to greet the father. Because remember, he's going back home to see Isaac. Isaac is still living, okay? So Isaac, you know, he's, he's trying to get back home to see his father. His father, you know, is, is, is still living, okay? He says, well, my Lord knoweth that the children are tender and the flocks and herds are young, are with me. If men should overdrive them one day, all the flock will die. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, which that shouldn't, yeah, that's how he worded it, um, and I will lead, lead on softly, according as the cattle that go before me and the children be able to endure until I come unto my Lord unto Seir. So about maybe 30 miles from where he needs to be, maybe a little bit more, about 30, 45 miles. Now, remind you, this is walking distance. This ain't a plane, train, or automobile. So he's not that far from where he is supposed to to go. But instead of him going on with Esau as the Lord instructed him, he's coming up with all these excuses of why he cannot go with Esau right now. You know, first is I got the children and then my cattle, and you go on before me and I'm going to come after you. Well, this here little detour is going to cost him um, dearly because remember what I talked about before we went on break. Partial disobedience is just the same as complete disobedience. It's still disobedience. The Lord told him to go to Bethel. The Lord said, go to Bethel. This is where I want you to go. I want you to go to Bethel and build an altar and do that. But what did he do? Because of fear, he held off, okay? He said, so, verse 15, Esau said, let me now leave with these, some of the folks that are with me. And he said, find grace in the sight. So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. So remember, he, they were supposed to go together. And then he offered to even send, Esau even offered to send a guard with Jacob so that nobody would bother his, his brother. But, oh, no, Jacob don't want to do that because Jacob is still fearful, okay? So instead of going on like the Lord told him to do, verse 17, and Jacob journeyed um, to Sukkot and built him a house and made booths for cattle. Therefore, the name of place of the place is called Sukkot. Sukkot, what that means is booths, that uh, word there, B-O-O-T-H. That's what that word means. So he built him some, some little houses or some little spots uh, and, and covered the cattle, and now he's sitting there um, um, chilling where he is not supposed to be, okay? So, again, partial disobedience is disobedience. Why? Because he was told um, to go to one place. He didn't go. He stopped short of where he was going. And in the process, um, you know, basically he returned to his old ways. He started scheming. 
um, he's playing favorite with his children. Um, you know, he bowed to um, Esau instead of showing him the limp that he had. Okay, the limp showed that he had come face to face with God and was changed. But instead of showing that, he showed fear. Um, he pleaded with his brother instead of telling him the goodness and the grace of the Lord, okay? He had a chance to apologize to Esau. Listen, I'm sorry for what happened 20 years ago. Him and Esau could have reconciled their past and been done with it. Jacob didn't have to, um, you know, uh, be afraid. You know, in the scripture it said that the older will serve the younger, Okay, Genesis 27, verse 29. But the thing is, the new name that God had gave Jacob at this point in time, he is not living up to it. Then, instead of, um, you know, going on like he was supposed to go, he stops. All right? So now we're getting ready to see what happens when um, sometimes we do a, a, a detour. And this is a very costly a uh, detour due to um, disobedience because um, he was afraid, okay? So now it says here, 18, and Jacob came to uh, Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, which he came from Padamaram. Remember, Padamaram is where he was living with his father-in-law, Laban, and where he um found, you know, got his wife, uh, Leah and Rachel. Okay, the sisters. It says here, and he pitched his tent before the city, and he bought a parcel of fields where he had spread his tent at the hand of the uh, children of Hamar, uh, Shachim's father, for 100 pieces of money. So not only did he settle down, he purchased land. And remember, the Lord had already promised Abraham that he was going to give him the land for him and these descendants his descendants. So Jacob is way out of order right now. He is way out of where he is supposed to be, okay? It says here, um, after he bought the parcel of land and he there erected an altar, okay? And it, he named it. He even named it, okay? El Elohi Israel. What that means is a mighty God is the God of Israel. Remember, L-E-L, always God. Okay, L-E-L always stands for God, all right? So a mighty God is the God of Israel. That's what it means, L-E-L-O-H-E, Israel, okay? So now, in Dina, verse, uh, chapter 34, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land, okay? And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivites, so remember, these are some of those ites that live in those outer bands of the land of Canaan. So he is close to where he needs to be. He's just not there, okay? I said he's about 30, 40 miles from where he needs to be, okay? Um, prince of the country saw her and took her and lay with her and defiled her. So she was maybe 13, 14 years old. She's walking around amongst the, the people, okay? Now, several things is, is wrong here, okay? She is a young girl, okay? She's a young girl. She's walking around 
um, was she naive, naive, was she rebellious, or she was just plain ignorant of the people around her and the ways of the other people around her. Remember, these are different peoples than them, okay? These are Hivites, okay? So these are, they serve um, idols and foreign gods, not the same one that her father, okay? So number two, why was it so important that she walk around and get to know the women of the land? You know, um, where is her mother at at this time? Why is her mother, you know, not telling her, listen, don't be going out there, you know, mingling with those those strange people. And then, you know, um, you got her brothers out there in the field working. Jacob is probably somewhere tending to something else. And then you have all these women that are in the tent. Because, you know, the women, they did the cooking, the cleaning, the rearing of the children. Um, you know, they were busy. Somehow, Dina walked off. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, she's out here walking. All right? Once he defiled her, then he fell in love with her. Okay? Verse 3. And it sold clave unto Dina, the uh, daughter of Jacob. And he loved the damsel and spake kindly unto the damsel. And Shichem um, spake unto his father, Hamor, saying, Get me this damsel to wife. So out of all the other women that he could have had, he wanted Dina. Remind you, she is a young girl. But what I want to point out to you, from the time Jacob built the booze in chapter uh, in uh, verse 17 of chapter 33 up until now, um, there approximately had time passed. So it wasn't just Esau, um, he built booze, and then Dina got raped. No, that's not what happened. They He ran into Esau. Esau left him. Jacob stayed behind. Jacob built some, you know, some booze. He hung out there with the people of, of Shalem, and then um, this is what happened with his daughter, okay? So you, uh, uh, some years have passed, but probably approximately 10 years, okay, have went past from that, from verse, from chapter 33 to chapter 34. So some time has went by. So he's way out of the will of God. He should have been done, got on home, but he still ain't home, okay? So he's still out there hanging out with his family. Um, and Jacob heard that he had defiled um, Dina, his daughter. Uh, now his sons were with the cattle in the field, and Jacob held his peace until they came. Why? Jacob, one, was alone. Jacob, two, listen, he got all them sons. How many of them was it? It was 10 of them, okay? He had, he had all them boys. Remember, these are all grown men now in the fields, work along with their, their father, okay? So instead of Jacob going half cocked into the city to go deal with the, um, the man that did this to uh, Dina, he waited on his sons to come, okay? And he said here, uh, Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out um, unto Jacob to commune with him. And the sons of Jacob came out of the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved, and they were very wroth, because he had wrought folly in Israel in lying with uh, Jacob's daughter, which thing, you know, ought not to be done, okay? And Hamar communed with them, saying, 
The soul of my son, uh, Shechem, longeth for your daughter. I pray you give her him to wife and make ye marriages with us and give your daughters unto us and take our daughters unto you. And remember, because there's other, um, so this is what um, the father is thinking. The father's thinking, listen, if we intermarry with y'all, y'all intermarry with us, we'll just be one big happy family. But that's not so. That's not how God wanted it. Remember, Jacob is out of the will right now. He is, he's, um, he's doing, he's not doing what the Lord told him to do. If you go and read the whole 34, Jacob is the Lord's name or God's name is nowhere mentioned in the 34th chapter of Genesis. There is God's name is no, no, not mentioned anywhere. Why? Because God didn't have a hand in any of this. Okay. Jacob went out and did it on his own. And then his family played, played, played the, uh, paid the, the price for what's about to happen. All right. And he told them, this is the, the father of, the other guys, he said, you know, listen, you marry our people, we'll marry your people, um, we'll trade back and forth, we'll, you know, uh, everybody will get along great, we won't have any problems, we'll all get along. And he said, let, us, let me find grace in your sight, verse 11, and whatever you ask, I'll give it. So this is a father going out for his son to try to get him a wife of somebody that he's already defiled, okay? But because even though he defiled her, he still wanted to be with her, all right? Now, right now, we're not hearing where, where Dean is at, okay? So he's telling us whatever you want or telling Jacob whatever you want, we'll give you for this, this one person, okay, your daughter. He said, listen, verse 12, ask me never so much dowry and gifts, and I will give according as ye shall say unto me. So he said, name your price. I'm willing to pay it. And the sons of Jacob answered and said, and and Hamor, his father, um, answered them deceitfully and said, because he had defiled Dina, their sister, and they said unto them, we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised, for that were a reproach unto us. But in this will be consent unto you, will we consent unto you, if ye be, will be with us. This is what they say. Every male in your city be circumcised, and then we will give our daughters unto you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people. Well, we know that's a lie, because the sons can't really say what they can and cannot do, because they were under, Jacob was under a direct order from the Lord, from God himself, to go back to Bethel, okay? So right now, they're not even in a land they're supposed to be in, so they can't really make no kind of promises, but because the king and his son, the prince, don't know that, they're willing to do whatever they can right now to, to make peace, per se. But Jacob's sons um, are being conniving and they're being deceptive because they call themselves, they're going to 
um, get back their sister's honor, okay, because the sister, you know, they felt like was done wrong, okay? So they said, you know, but if you not hearken unto us to be circumcised, then we will take our daughters and we will be gone. So they're saying if you don't do what we ask, and that's get circumcised, everybody, all the males, okay, in this city. And their words please Hamar and Shachim, Hamar's son, and the young man um, basically deferred not to do the thing because he had delight in Jacob's daughter, and he was more honorable than all the house of his father. So this is what he's saying. The young man, this prince is like, I'm I'm gonna do it too. You can circumcise me as well. I want now remember you guys, into the hospital, get some anesthesia and go to sleep. Okay? And wake up and you're circumcised. No. They take a knife, cut right in and there, and then you just be suffering for as long as it takes for you to heal. Now, the reason why they're doing this is in this process, this is going to render all the men of the city weak, okay, because they're all going to be uh, cut. You know what I'm talking about down there. Ouch. So they're going to be cut. They're going to be in pain, okay. They're going to be weak. And they are not going to be able to fight off what, because remember, Jacob's sons are angry. They are acting out of anger. And unfortunately for Jacob, he doesn't have any idea what's about to happen. He's thinking, well, you know what? You know, my sons are taking care of this. You know, they're, 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 they've already named what they want done. The other team has said, yes, we will do it. Jacob's willing to be like, okay, yay, we're done. This is it. We're good. Every, everything is going to go just as planned. Well, again, he is on a detour. He is out of the will of God, and he is walking in direct disobedience. So let's carry on. He said here, and it came to pass on the third day, 25, they were sore. That the two, that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dina's brethren, took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. Okay. Now, I don't know how many males there were because the scripture does not say. But can you just imagine? They're already weak. They're already sore. They're already in pain, and you got men coming in with swords, and they slew the whole, all the men in the city, okay? And they slew Hamon and Shittim, his son. So they slew the king, the prince, and all the, the men in the city. Because remember, everybody got circumcised, okay? Everybody. And it says here, and took Dina out of Shechem's house, uh, Shechem, and went out. So she was still in there. They had her, okay? So then they took her and went back out, okay? And the sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took sheep, their oxen, 
their asses, which are donkeys, and that which was in the city and that which was in the field, and all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives took a captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. So they took everything in the city, the cattle, the women, the children, everything, and killed all of the men, okay? So they killed all of the men. Now, remind you, Jacob already has plenty. So just think of all that Jacob already has. Now, add a whole city onto it, okay? So he's got a lot of a lot of stuff and a lot of people right now, okay? And sometimes having all that um, is do more harm than good because you get their, those people and their idol-worshiping, uh, false god-worshiping, um, um, you know, all their little mannerisms, all their little um, things that they do sometimes are not good for, you know, what Jacob and his family is, is trying to do, okay? says here, um, verse 30, and Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, ye have troubled me to make me Think among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites. Remember, he was headed to the, he was almost to the land of Canaan. He was almost to where he was going to be. So now, don't you think a um, attack of this magnitude is going to get around to all the people that all around the land of Canaan? Okay, and that's the Perizzites, and I being few in number. that they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, should he deal with our sister as with the harlot? So they're saying, listen, we don't care. He defiled our sister. He treated her like a harlot, and we don't like it, and we're taking up for our sister, so this is what we did, and, okay? So now, listen. Okay, so after God was nowhere in um, chapter 34, God has to step back in in chapter 35 because, listen, Jacob, I told you to go home, go back to Bethel. You are still not there. Look what happened in chapter 34, a costly, costly um, mistake, a very big problem, okay, because now Jacob, is his family is known all in that area that they went in and and killed up all these people. God being who God is because Jacob is called, God is stepping back in, all right? So let's go to Genesis chapter 35. All right. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God, that appeared unto thee when thou fedest from the face of Esau thy brother. Now, God gave him instructions one more again, okay? But just like us, when it is time to approach the Lord, there are few things that need to be done before you walk into the presence of God, and that's anybody, okay? So Jacob gave them specific Commands. Now we see Jacob as Israel taking his rightful place as head of the home. You know, he was letting them omitted children of his run things, okay? And he kind of took a step back. 
But now Jacob is standing up as the man of the house, and he's giving orders of what um, needs to be done, okay? So the first thing he said, verse number two, Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments, okay? So there's about some, um, there's some things about to go take place, all right? Here's what we're going to start at. No matter how many times we mess up and act ungodly, we can always, always return to God, okay? We can always, always return to God, okay? Listen, first we must repent, then obey, okay? Sounds easy, right? Well, no. We live in the flesh, and sometimes not walking in the spirit can get us caught up. The devil knows what our triggers are, just like he knows what Jacob's triggers are. He knows, you know, for 10 years, um, Jacob hung out about 30 miles or so from Bethel, the place God told him to go. 30 miles is not that far. It is when you're walking, but technically it's not that far. He was walking in disobedience. Him and his family paid for it. Listen, Revelations chapter 2, verse 5 says, remember where you have fallen. Repent and do the first work, okay? Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, remember where you have fallen. Repent and do the first work. Listen, incomplete uh, obedience is disobedience. Okay, I want y'all to write that down. That's our, our remember, I used to give y'all like a word for the week. Last week was faith is living without scheming. This week is incomplete obedience is disobedience. Okay, just because you only did what half of God, what God said, that's still you're walking in disobedience, period. Now put a period next to that. Okay, faith is living without scheming. God had given Jacob a new name, and now it was time for him to live up to that name. Remember how I talked about earlier? We start hungry, on fire for the Lord. Life happens. We get busy. We get sidetracked. And the work we started starts to die, okay? But if you go look at Revelation chapter 3, verse says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect, meaning not fulfilled before God, okay? So be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die because you've forgotten about them, okay? You need to go back, all right? Because God is saying, I have not found your works perfect, meaning not fulfilled before God, okay? So that's Revelation chapter um, 3, verse 2. All right, let's keep going. The second thing he said, um, the first thing he said was to um, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean, change your garments, change your clothes. What? Now listen, washing the body and changing clothes in Scripture symbolizes a new beginning, Okay. So like dirt, 
sin is defiling and must be washed away. Y'all know that song we used to sing, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, all right? If you look in Scripture, even in um, um, Exodus chapter 19, verses 9 through 15, before God gave the law at Mount Sinai, he ordered the people to wash and change clothes. Why? Because they were entering into a covenant with God. And this is what Jacob is trying to prepare his family for. They are entering um, a covenant with God, okay? Jacob took charge of his family and everyone around him. He called for a time of cleansing, okay, getting rid of all of the false gods everyone was carrying and worshiping. Remember, he had a lot of people with him. Remember all the way back in the scripture where Rachel took her father's, um, her, her father's idol. That was uh, Genesis chapter 31. So Rachel had some on her, okay? She was carrying some. Remember, false gods have been a stumbling block for Israel even all the way up until today. Remember I had told you more than over half of Israel right now is Muslim. They're not even, um, you know, serving God, okay? They're, they're doing their own thing, okay? So they're Muslim. If you look at Deuteronomy um, chapter 7, um, basically um, he told them there are um, um, nations all around you. Don't get caught up in what they're doing. Let's look at it. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Because God was very specific um, in what he was trying to tell them. Because, um, you know, they were just messing up. If you start at the first verse, he said, um, when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land which I give to you and possess it, uh, cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, and these are um, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Persezites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than them, okay? And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. Okay? Why? Verse 4 tells it. For they, shall, they will turn away from thy son from following me, and they may serve other gods. So will anger the so will anger the Lord. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. God has given them specific instructions all the way back in thirty five. Okay, Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Verse 4, verse 3, let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I sent. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak 
which was by Shechem. Remember, they're leaving this place, Shechem, where they killed all, you know, his sons, went in there, killed all them people. So he is making sure he buries all of that foolishness because remember, even their ear jewelry had stuff that, you know, had other deities on them that they were worshiping. Like these folks was, was off the chain. So Jacob is trying to tell them, listen, we're going back to God and we're going back to God the right way. So the first thing we're going to do is get rid of our idols and the things that we are worshiping, <clears throat> excuse me, and that are not of God, okay? It's funny uh, um, that in Genesis chapter 35, um, uh, God is mentioned 10 times in chapter 35 and not one time in chapter 34. Why? Because God stepped back in in chapter 35 and said, listen, Jacob, it's time for you to come home. It's time for you to get it together. I told you, I gave you your marching orders. You ain't listening. This time I need you to listen because, you know, your family is is, is busting up and then some other things are about to um, transpire. So he does not want them out there, all right? Also, he warned them all throughout the, the, the Old Testament, you know, not to get caught up. You know, Joshua warned them, Samuel warned them, all the prophets continually warned children of Israel to stop worshiping and serving um, false gods, okay? So purify yourself, change clothes. All right, so I just want you to remember that um, washing the body and changing clothes in Scripture symbolizes a new beginning, all right? When we get to temple worship, that's the, one of the first things that they have to do before they can even enter into the temple. They have to wash themselves. There's a, there's a lather, a basin out in the tent, okay, before you can even go in to the, the holy holies, okay? So you have to wash yourself, and that's going to be in temple worship, okay? That's coming later. But it's funny that this starts, you know, way back here, way before the law. This is way before the law, okay? The law doesn't even come until, you know, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, like it's a whole lot get ready to come down the pipe, but Jacob is preparing his family for what's to come, all right? So it says here, and they journeyed, verse 5, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. Remember I told you Jacob was worried about, listen, you done put me in a peculiar um, um, spot here. You know, now these folks are, are, are looking at us. They might try to get us. You know, look, now look. But look what the Lord did. Even though Jacob was out of order, okay, he was walking in disobedience, the Lord still protected him, okay? And this is where you see it, right here, verse 5, and, and they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. You're going to read that again when the children of Israel are, are leaving and trying to get to, you know, uh, the promised land, the terror of God was around them. Those other, those same cities that's all around them right now looking, it's going to be scared of them again later on when the 2.5 million um, people leave um, Egypt, 
okay, because it was 2.5 million people. That's a lot of people. Um, but then they get into the wilderness and act the fool again, okay? So the Lord is trying to prepare them for what to come. If you look in Isaiah chapter uh, 1, verse 6, says, wash and cleanse yourself. Remove your evil deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil and have an exclamation point, okay? Stop doing evil, okay? Wash and cleanse yourself. Remove your evil deeds from my my sight, okay? Um, another one, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 1, I hope you guys are writing these down. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the God. And that was the King James Version, okay? Second Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verse 1, okay? Then it says here, 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right? All right. So now, um, the last scripture for tonight, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Remember, I told y'all I was coming back with the scriptures tonight, uh, so to have y'all's pens and pencils ready. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. But we are all as as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we, we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away, okay? So I want you to see what the scriptures talked about when it talks about um, different cleanliness and different, um, you know, different things that God is trying to um, let us know and how to come into the presence of the Lord, okay? So I want us to mark, we're going to stop here at verse 5, okay? Because next week um, we're going to deal with the death of Rachel and the birth of her last child, which is Benjamin. Benjamin has a few things of history attached to him as well. So we're going to stop at Genesis chapter 35, verse 5. Okay? All right, very good. So now there's a whole, whole, whole bunch of stuff that we're going to be writing down next week because, like I said, Benjamin has a few tri- a few people, famous folks in the Bible that are attached to that tribe because, remember, each of uh, Jacob's sons represents a tribe, okay? So when we talk about the tra- 12 tribes of Israel, we're technically talking about Jacob's sons because Jacob had a name change from Jacob to Israel. So when you talk about the tribes, you're talking about the children or the sons of Jacob slash Israel. All right? So let's be ready to go back into God's word next week. We're going to start at Genesis chapter 35, 
verse 5, all right? May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, give you peace. Good night, everybody.